Well, welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Apprenticeship Toolbox, the podcast where we explore the themes of our weekend messages and ask how they help us be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus does. And, and I'm Matt, and I'm here with Graham. <laughs> hey, Matt, how you doing? Oh, good, Graham. How are you? I am doing really well. Um, yeah. Just taking some time to reflect on uh, what the Lord has been doing in our midst. You know, we had Converge this week as well, and I took mm-hmm. the opportunity to write a little bit of a letter to our congregation uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to that, uh, those of you who are listening to the podcast, I would encourage you to do that. I think, I think we're going to send send it out. Um, yeah, I think we did already. We did already. Yeah, all right. Now awesome. last week and it's back in sixty obviously, seconds. Obviously, I missed it. When uh, was Converge? Uh, Converge was last Tuesday, oh, not right. last night. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It was a whole week ago. Welcome to the COVID pothole where everything <laughs> disappears. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a great letter. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for reminding us of, of where we've been as a community, because mm. I think it's just so important to remember where we are, so we can know how to move forward. I yeah, think, so. and this is such a such a great church. Uh, it's a great community to be part of. Mm-hmm. And, it really is. Uh, you know, as I look back over twenty years, um, there have been highs and lows and everything else in between. But um, as I look at the heart of the church, the culture of the church, um, the people of the church, you know, just such a great encouragement to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so thanks for in, encouraging us, for reminding us of our story. Yeah. So on another note, mm-hmm. um, yesterday, Premier and Dr. Dina dropped oh, some new stuff on Let's not forget about us. our health minister as well. He was there too. Oh, yes. yes. We do have a health minister, and he was there. He was um, there. Sorry, I didn't mean to leave him out of yeah, the picture. we don't want to leave him out. And, you know, I have a new, a new folk hero. Yeah. Uh, after watching yesterday, that sign language guy in the back. Oh, I love him. He's been the rock star the whole time. He man. has. I'm still trying to figure out if he's actually there or not. Right. Or if he's superimposed. Well, I don't know what he's doing because I don't know sign language. But yeah. for those who, who do, who do, I mean, uh, it's a great benefit. I, yeah. I'm always reminded of the story, you know, in South Africa when uh, there they they had a sign a guy doing signing mm-hmm. at Nelson Mandela's funeral. Uh, who actually didn't know sign language. He was faking, <laughs> <Really>? faking the whole thing. <laughs> Nobody knew other than those who knew sign language. That doesn't and even make sense. It was quite a story. It made uh, international headlines. Wow. Yeah. It was, uh, Trevor Noah has a thing on it. And uh, if, you're, if you uh, want to get a good laugh, check out uh, Trevor Noah's bit on that on Netflix. It's, or not on Netflix, on YouTube. It's quite a thing. Yeah, it's worth it? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so anyway, so we had the premier, the good doctor, the sign language guy, and our health minister giving us some updates So yesterday. what do you make of the, of the new recommend? Hmm. No, they're not recommendations. They're actually... No, there's rules now. Rules, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, where to start? I mean, actually, a really great place to start was something that a mutual friend of ours, Dean Kirpyweight, posted last night hmm. on uh, Facebook. He, he was quoting John Cressian, and he said, if the left is upset at you for not being strong enough and the right's upset for you for being too strong, you find, you've probably landed in a good place. Right. And, you know, uh, spending a night to reflect on, on what's come down, I feel like it's a, a decent way forward, mm-hmm. you know. I, I'm not sure, if, yeah, where I would have wanted them to fully land, but I think this could be a good way forward to keep our economy going, but really right. to protect um, the vulnerable. And that was one thing I really appreciated about right. Jason Kenney's talk was, just the the start really focusing on we're doing this to care for those in need right. and we're doing this to protect the vulnerable whether that's health wise and even the vulnerable who could be 
really in a hole of unemployment and debt mm. that could be really hard to get out of. And yeah. so uh, I, I really valued that part of yesterday's mm-hmm. uh, update. Now, as hard update, yeah. um, the world's in a really precarious place. And yeah. as a province, we're in a really precarious place. We've Our numbers uh, were higher than Ontario yeah. the other day for new cases. And that's boggling to me. Like yeah. when I, I moved from Ontario. I know how many people are in that in a small space. And it's so different from out here. Right. Even even the the space in between houses here, like we're we're far spread out. Like Calgary's a, Calgary and Edmonton are cities of a million, about, but they take up a landmass that's so much bigger than Toronto, right? right? And so, to think that we're we're at this precarious place is pretty tough. Yeah. And so, I, I did feel like it was a little bit more focused, targeted on places, environments where spread is actually happening, mm-hmm. rather than you know, dropping the napalm bomb on Alberta and shutting everything down. Yeah, it was a it's good It's a little focus. bit more targeted, right? Yeah. And I, th- I think that that was, uh, that was really, really wise. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciated that. Um, honestly, I, I wish that we could have done this a, l- a little sooner. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's you know, a good point. is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. We're here. Uh, I don't get to make those decisions. Uh, I'm no. not, you know, I'm, I'm not the, the premier of the province, thankfully. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I'm not the premier of the province, but... Hey, I think it was. Uh, I, th- I think they landed uh, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't impact our Sunday mornings uh, that much, other than making yeah. mask wearing mandatory now. Which it was a recommendation. Was it was a recommendation pr- uh, previously. Yeah, but it was a mandatory thing from us here, right? Exactly. Once the yeah. bylaw dropped in Stony Plain, it was now you've. We'd already said it, but then it was mandatory even when you were sitting in your seats now. Exactly. So. Yeah. So, so that's the big, you know, the big change for us. And then, <clears throat> obviously. Some of the in-home ministries that we have mm-hmm. uh, would be impacted uh, at this point. Yeah, um, I mean, youth won't have heard this, and I don't know if they'd listen anyways, right. but our, our youth ministry, uh, we're moving online today. Yeah, uh, We're just going to be pivoting real quick here, just even based on the fact that we've been running with all the protocols, doing the same thing, kids are wearing masks, but there's a few things that, that really stood out to me. One was the shutting down of junior and senior high schools. Mm-hmm. And so if they're saying this demographic... Uh, is really adept at spreading this. We d- we want to do our part yeah. and pitch in. And then another piece is they talk about how, uh, and this isn't with the church-related related side as much as an audience um, setting. They talk about in an audience setting, there should be no back and forth. Mm. And a big part of our ministry is small groups. Yeah. And so we'd be masked and distanced, but it's just so much easier to just go on right. Zoom and do this. So basically so. they're saying one-way communication. Yeah, one-way communication. That's yeah. And that's not youth ministry. Yeah. And so well, it's not it's not ministry, really. No, I mean, I know not. Sunday morning, primarily, uh, it's one-way communication for a period of time. But then people do, you know, we have prayer time or mm-hmm. we have an opportunity for people to connect after the service and oftentimes Which we'll talking. Which will have to change now, too. And you, can, right? you just can't do that, yeah. right? And so, so where we've, we've been able to, to stand around, distanced and masked and talk a little bit after the service, that's over yeah. now. Yeah. So... so. There are some minor changes, but the reality yeah. is is that we can still meet together. We can still gather together. So exactly. you preached an excellent message on Sunday. I thought you did. Um, well, you heard me saying amen in both services. I did, yeah. It only it. threw me off a little bit in Maddie. the first service. That was good. Um, <laughs> because, no, really, yeah. it, was a, it was such an encouragement to me. I came into the service honestly tired. Um, I, I really didn't, you know, if I could have had my druthers as a, a, as a lazy human, I, I would have stayed home in my mm-hmm. pajamas. Um, but I came on Sunday morning and seriously, I met God through the singing, uh, from the, from the, from the front. I didn't mm-hmm. obviously even sing. Um, but you know, just such a, 
I think, a powerful morning, and your message yeah, was an important morning. part of that morning. Oh, thanks. And, um, you know, as I close the service, the, the, the old saying, you know, the, a good message uh, comforts those who are afflicted. Mm -hmm. And your message did that by providing hope in the midst of what's going on in our world. Oh, thanks. And then it afflicted the comfortable in mm -hmm. me, that comfortable part of me that um, might neglect uh, the gathering of the saints. Like I said, mm -hmm. the lazy part of me would yeah, want exactly. to stay home. Because we all have that part of us, right? But you you really hit mm -hmm. both of those notes in your message, and I, I think that's a good gospel message when mm -hmm. you can do both of those things in the same message to both uh, to both comfort and to challenge. And so talk a little bit about the, um, the early church, the context that the early church found mm -hmm. itself in. These people were obviously... Uh, it was written to a particular people in yeah. a particular well, time in sure, a particular right? place. So talk to us about the context that you found that. Okay. Well, I mean, um, the best context is even just in the text. In verses, uh, in chapter 10, verses 32, I think, to 34, it talks about how uh, you were persecuted, you had your, your uh, property confiscated, you were mocked, you were jeered, um, and some of you were even imprisoned. Right. And so... This uh, the the Church of Hebrews, which we don't actually know um, where they were located. Some of the best guess uh, is actually Samaria might have been where they were, um, but they weren't. They were a group of of Jewish Christians primarily. That's why it's Hebrews. It's written to a Hebrew community, but they were facing persecution. They were being arrested for being Jesus followers. They were being made fun of. They were having their their land taken away, and uh, it was just external pressure from humanity. Right. You know, and so. That's where they found themselves, and and uh, a lot of the early church found similar situations. Whether they were being uh, kicked out of the synagogue, uh, you you, s you read early in Acts that the the early church in Jerusalem would meet in uh, the temple grounds, and then they were kicked out of the temple grounds, and they could no longer meet there. They were meeting in synagogues. They were kicked out of synagogues. And, you know, Paul would go back after being arrested, preach them again, and then they'd, they'd kick him out again. So he'd say, "Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to go to a home then." Right. I'm going to go find someone. So, you know, we'll go find somebody like Lydia, who is a seller of purple dyes. And that meant there was some wealth attached to that. And so she probably had a big enough home that everybody could meet in. Yeah. And so they found themselves having to be pivot away from gathering right. similar ways that, um, you know, we've had to think about pivoting from gathering. But I think there's one big difference. So, so talk to me about that. Like some yeah. people, I, I read, you know, I, I read stuff on Facebook or on on the web and yeah. Christians are talking about how this is persecution against the church, the, the yeah. closures and all of the stuff that's coming, yeah. coming down, being uh, dropped from government. We're being persecuted. So mm -hmm. talk to me about that. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that too. And it's, yeah. how's this different? It's quite different. I mean, first of all, uh, with the early church, it was a targeted thing. Yeah. It wasn't everybody. Oh, you're not able to gather together anymore. It was early Christians. You are different. You are uh, atheists, is what they were called, because they only believed in one God, not the whole pantheon. <laughs> right. uh, which is funny, you know, <laughs> to think of us as, as Jesus followers being considered atheists, especially in our context, but that's where they were at. And so they were targeted, and they were said, you are not allowed to be a part of what we are doing. Yeah. Uh, you, as, the early, the, as Jesus followers, you ascribe to a different Lord than Caesar. So Rome didn't like them. Uh, the synagogues didn't like them because they were directing people away from uh, their view of who Yahweh was. And so they didn't have a, a home, but it was them. It wasn't everybody. Mm. And here there's no targeted persecution against us. In fact, I mean, look at yesterday's update. Yeah. Lots of places have to close. We don't. Right. 
there are still provisions for us to be able to gather in community. We actually have some luxury in the midst of all of this. Uh, nobody is telling us you're not allowed to worship your God. You know, one of the other things I, I've seen is people suggesting this is like Daniel's days and with Daniel not being able to pray and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, not bowing down to the, the statue. There's nothing like today. Right. Nobody's saying you can't worship your God. They're saying you can't sing and worship right now. Right. Not because we don't want you to. And in fact, they're still allowing us to have a singer sing over yeah. us. Right. But they're not. They're not right. saying you can't sing. Right. It's a very, my. It's a very big difference, and it's not a minute situation here. Like. Yeah. We we are still able to worship our God. We are still able to to do the things that we do. And yeah, it's going to look different. But they're not saying only Christians. You're not allowed to gather. Yeah. They're making provision for us. Yeah. And I mean, if we have to, for whatever reason. We'll do what the early church does, and we'll figure out other ways to gather if it can't mm. be on Sunday mornings, right. which we've had to do anyways. You right. know, like we, we gather online. We have spaclive.churchonline yeah. that people can, can meet at to stream mm. the service together. Uh, we have a number of small groups that are still continuing to meet over Zoom. My small group went back to Zoom last night, right. and so uh, we are, we're gathering that way again. Mm. We've been in homes or, or around campfires for a while, and yeah. so now we're, we're there, and that's, that's fine. Yeah. We'll... We can still meet together. Right. Church, I want you to know that we are absolutely not being persecuted. Not in any way. I've heard that said uh, in some context, and I've seen it on you know Facebook and websites and all of that kind of stuff. And you need to know that your elders and pastors um, do not believe that we are actually being persecuted. In fact, uh, we've been encouraged to find creative ways to share the gospel. Our, our premier mm -hmm. has, has said that, mm -hmm. um, and our and the health officer has said that uh, from the front. Um, and, and so every group really has has had restrictions, and I think actually the church uh, has had pretty generous uh, mm -hmm. freedom yeah. in this time. More so. I mean, than we other can't groups. have concerts right now, right? right? Yeah. But, I mean, so. The another thing is, think of how Mayor Choi invited you, Graham, into the task force exactly. at the front end of this. Yeah. If our voice didn't matter or we, they didn't want to hear our voice, they would never have invited you into right. that mix, yeah. right? Like, we are being considered and actually seen as you are part of our province flourishing in yeah. spite of this, right? And so, you know, the, the thing that I would want to encourage us as a church is to, to really recognize that we have opportunities here. They're, they're going to look very different. Um, but we, we actually have opportunity as a church. And so um, I, I think, Matt, you know, as we talk about this, what, what are some of the ways then that we should be, we should be meeting together or could be meeting together? And, and how is this an opportunity um, to, to actually see the gospel spread in our community? You know, it's easy to live, like when you, when you get to this space and you see the restrictions out there to kind of, you know, become discouraged or to feel like, mm. you know, oh, you know, life is, is coming apart at the seams for us. The whole world is going to hell in a handbasket, you know, blah, blah, blah. Heck, heck Graham. Heck, heck, I hear all of that stuff <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, no, this is an opportunity. There's an opportunity here for the, for the gospel. Yeah. Let's embrace this. Let's seize this. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're totally right. I was reading in John this morning, um, and he's, Jesus is in Samaria. Uh, he's just finished talking to the woman of the well, and the disciples are asking him more and more, and he's just like, look around you. The fields are ripe for the harvest all around you. Yeah. So let's, let's go. You're, you're, you didn't, you didn't uh, 
plant this, but you get to, to reap this. Right. And we are living in a harvest field today mm. still. Yeah. Um, Jesus is still working in the community, right? He is. He's, he's at work. He's still drawing people. His kingdom the gospel is, is not unchained. Yeah. The gospel is not chained. Not at all. Yeah. Not in any way. And so, you know, there's two things that, that really captivate, um, images that really captivate me. Um, one was one that I used in my sermon, and it's the idea that the Holy Spirit who hovered over the waters of creation is in living in you now. So the the the, the creative energy of creation is in us. Mm. And so I might not have any creative juices to figure out what's the best way to love my neighbors right now, but the spirit within me does. Mm. And that's a huge thing. And then the other piece is we serve the God of the resurrection. Mm. And so when things are darkest and there, there's not a darker day than right before the resurrection, Christ is crucified. The tomb is, it has someone in it and hope seems to be gone. And yet that was the gra- very groundwork for the most hopeful day, we'd say of all of human history, is the resurrection. And so we have the spirit of creation in us and we serve the God of the resurrection where things are darkest. That's mm. where hope is found. Mm. And so I think those, those two things are our pathway forward. We don't have to, like I said in the message, hope for the end of COVID. We don't have to hope for a vaccine. We don't have to hope mm. for the lifting of restrictions. We don't even have to hope for a different government or a better economy. Mm. Our hope is found in Christ and Christ alone. Cool. And so... So, yeah, let's talk about creative ways that we can do this because yeah. we're going to need to be creative, and I think there's plenty. Right. So let's hear, let's hear some of them. Well, I, think, I mean, I think the yeah. Zoom piece is important. It is. Uh, I was on a uh, call yesterday, uh, invited to do a talk with a, a class at King's University on leadership. They wanted to interview me on that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all of the students were online, learning online. Um, I sensed some Zoom fatigue Sure. Although yep. there was one person who really engaged in that mm. class. And uh, when I asked for questions, she actually had like five or six questions. Oh, awesome. And, uh, and I talked about Zoom fatigue and uh, in, in my talk on leadership about some of the challenges in this day and age. And, and she piped up at the, at the end and she said, I'm tired of people talking about Zoom fatigue. And I mm-hmm. said, tell me more about that. And yep. she said you know what, I'm tired of Zoom as well. But she said, I've made significant connections with people over Zoom. I'm Preach meeting with it, people yeah. who are, who are uh, you know, kind of all over the world, other Christians, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm able to connect with this person and encourage that person. And I've been encouraged. And, and I'm like, you know what, we need to hear from more people like you. Yeah, we need a perspective switch on Zoom or FaceTime or whatever you use. Because honestly, imagine having this pandemic 100 years ago mm. without... Yeah. screens, without phones, without a way to connect with one another, right. um, face-to-face or voice-to-voice. Right. We are in like a luxurious time in history yeah. where we have the gift. And so, yeah, I get it. It's hard being on Zoom all the time. It's hard, like w- especially back in spring when it seemed like our whole days were spent on Zoom. It, it's hard to focus in, in the same way that long. It's hard to, to deal with the delay. But imagine not having that gift. Yeah, but I, and, I, and I think as I listened to her, it, absolutely, and as I listened to her, I thought it's, it's a mindset issue. Oh, it totally you is. go into the Zoom meeting 
um, thinking about what uh, an opportunity this is. It does not the same as meeting in person, but there's still an opportunity here. Yep. Write down questions that you might have. Write down thoughts that you may have. Go into the meeting prepared. Don't mm -hmm. wait for someone else to, you know, uh, enliven the meeting or yep. something like that. But go in and be, you know, be the presence of Christ in that meeting mm -hmm. and go in with questions and and thoughts and bring something to the meeting. Mm -hmm. Don't wait for someone else to bring something. You bring something. No, exactly. Right? And I mean, and we can still have meetings that are socially distanced uh, outside. <laughs> and I know it's getting cold. Uh, if this podcast comes out in enough time, though, I mean, we're going to have some, I think, five-degree weather this yeah. weekend. And I mean... Seize it. Seize it. And take the opportunity of the non-40-degree, degree minus 40-degree days. Like, yeah. go tobogganing, go skating, keep distance, please. But... Yeah. But there's ways that you can have fun with one another. And then, honestly, I keep going back to the Signs of Hope thing mm. that we had at the front end and, and all the ways that we just got to watch our church family bless each other, mm. both people in our church and, our, and their neighbors, you yeah. know, like baking cookies, doing paintings. I mean, we saw Joanne Hall and her kids uh, in so many different ways, mm. and there were lots of ways that we just couldn't fit into that video in the first place. Um, if you're wondering on how to bless people really well, Joanne Hall would be mm. just a great resource to connect with. Um, they just intentionally think outside themselves. Like I loved, and it was in the video, their birthday, they did birthday bombings. They did, so we showed um, just a picture of John uh, Morris's birthday bomb for his one year, but they went to so many different people's houses on birthdays, mm. knocked on the door, ran back, uh, and sang happy birthday from, from the street. Right. Just to just to be a small blessing and to let people know that you matter, mm -hmm. that I see you and you are noticed. Right, right. Like, and that's a that's a good thing to do to to remind people that they're not alone. And yeah, I, I might have however many hundred Facebook friends, but but to have somebody acknowledge me um, specifically mm. and my presence is a whole different thing. Mm. You know. So yeah, totally. Um, you know, and then you can even send out like specific direct messages through Facebook or text message. Why not schedule phone calls with friends? Right. Like, I mean, uh, I had a friend that we were going to have lunch with uh, this week, and now, of course, we can't. So we're going to have a phone call instead. You know, it's all those things that you kind of do when you have friends and family that live far away, you're going to have to start yep. thinking about doing here in person, too, again. It takes more initiative. It takes intention. Right. But if you are a follower of Christ, and if you believe the Spirit of God lives in you, mm -hmm. and if you believe that Christ is working in our community, you have, you know, Paul prays that the Ephesians would recognize that the same power that raised Christ mm -hmm. Jesus from the dead is alive and at work in them. Yeah. So if that dynamite-type power is, is alive and at work in you, you've got lots of initiative to offer. Like, you, yeah. you're not going to sit around and wait for something to happen to you. You're no, going to make something happen around you. Exactly. And then on top and of that, join. Jesus tells the parable about the mustard seed, and it's this little weed that, or this little seed that's really tall, and it creates some weeds that pop up all over the place because that's what mustard did. And eventually they grow a plant. But if the kingdom is coming as these little seeds all over the place, that means God's at work all around you. Absolutely. And you just have to have your eyes open to yep. it. And so... Uh, a great privilege that we have as followers of Jesus is we're not bringing God anywhere. Right. God's already there. God, God's already at work. We're just helping people make sense of their God experience. Great principle, right? It is. God's already yeah. at work. We just get to join them. Yeah. And isn't that great? It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That reminded me, Matt, of, uh, and I, I don't know if this is relevant or not. You could take it out. 
but it reminded me of our, our journey on the Camino uh, when we're walking with people as a very spiritual journey. And uh, most people that we walked with were not followers of Christ, and mm-hmm. yet there were God signs all over the place. People started praying. They started uh, leaving rocks at a cross. They started doing all sorts of things that were spiritual, and lots of, it, lots of what they were doing were Christian or tied into the Christian story. And so our goal, our role on the Camino wasn't to bring Jesus to them, but to help them interpret what was actually wow. happening to them. We were just kind of guides for them. That's right, and awesome. I think that we have to we get to do that during COVID. Yeah, we do, right? Like uh, one thing uh, that was super significant for me. This was pre-COVID, but um, we we had a dog Haven, uh, and she passed away right before COVID. But um, a few years ago, I during one of my courseworks, uh, I had a spiritual discipline that I was supposed to engage in that would attune me to my neighborhood. And uh, what I ended up doing for it was I would walk Haven, I would leave my phone at my house. And uh, I wouldn't listen to a podcast or music or make a phone call like I normally would. Instead, I would just, as I tied my shoes, say, Spirit of God, interrupt me with what you will today. And I'd go for a walk. And it was amazing the number of times that I was able to have conversations with people who I had no relationship with. And it's dark and in a city, and so there's suspect of strangers, where I was able to just speak hope into people's lives. Hmm. You know, like I was talking to this one guy who... He's a young adult, and he was trying to figure out, he was at a, a bit of a crossroads of life. What, do I keep going into school, even though I really feel like I want to become a cook? What do I do with this? And and I was able to help him, like, over a course of an hour on a walk at, like, 11 o'clock at night, which was super inconvenient because the kids woke up early the next morning. But I was able to talk with him just about his passion and who he, he felt like he was supposed to be in the world and, and just process through stuff. Um, we can do those sorts of things still. Yeah. The Spirit of God will continue to interrupt us with things. But to your point, it takes initiative and intention. Right. And that's the enemy, uh, or sorry, an apathy is the enemy of that. And mm. that's being all too close of a companion for so many of us during mm. COVID is apathy. Right. It's hard when, you know, especially in, in the first lockdown, when it felt like every day was kind of bleeding into the next. Mm. And, uh, you know, when will I get to see people again? When will I get to do something that's outside or whatever? And uh, we really all kind of came into a culture of apathy for a while there. Yeah. And it's hard to shake apathy. Right. But like I, I said in the sermon on Sunday, apathy is not a, a new thing with COVID. Mm. Apathy was there in the book of Hebrews as well. You know, like the passage talks about don't forsake meeting together. And now part of the reason that they were meeting together, a big part was persecution. But I'm sure just in there, there's also the, oh, if I actually follow this Jesus, I'm going to have to have his perspective on the way that I spend my money, his perspective on the way that I spend my time, his perspective over my sexuality, his perspective over my life. And that's tough. Mm -hmm. But if we truly believe Jesus is Lord and he's our creator and he's the one who um, knows the best for us, that in him is found fullness of life, why wouldn't we? And so... We're going to have to shake the apathy in these days. We're going to have to push through the Zoom fatigue. And we're also going to have to push through small talk. Yeah, Small talk's great. I love small talk. It's good to catch up on politics and sports and whatever, but we need to move past that into actually letting people into our own lives and to know who we are and what our struggles are. Great. That's a, that's actually a great place to end, Matt. I think uh, I want to give people a couple, usually give people a couple of apprenticeship um, 
apprenticeship tools. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to give you a couple of apprenticeship tools as we close our podcast today. First of all, uh, who will you meet with creatively? Pick somebody to meet with creatively. Um, it might be on Zoom. It might be uh, just a text message. Uh, maybe you go for a walk and do it in person. Obviously, there are some limitations and restrictions, but there are creative ways around that. So one way I saw, just to jump in real quick, yeah, this was during the first uh, wave, and I wanted to take a picture of it, but I didn't want to be that weird weirdo driving by teenagers taking pictures of them. But I saw two girls in downtown Stony with a hockey stick in between them. And each of them were holding an end of a hockey stick that was four feet longer, six feet long, and they knew that if they each held an end of it, they wouldn't get too close to one another. You could do something like that. Keep right. going. Okay. And then the other, the other piece is become a provocateur for the gospel. We're supposed Explain to provoke that. one another on towards love and good deeds. We're mm-hmm. supposed to provoke one another on toward love and good deeds. It doesn't say we're supposed to do love and good deeds, but the task of the community is to provoke one another on toward love and good deeds. So a provocateur is someone who provokes. And there's all sorts of provocateurs out there. There are political mm-hmm. provocateurs and uh, worldview pro- provocateurs. You know, read Facebook. Again, all sorts of provoking that's happening. But what if the church became a provocateur for the gospel? What if each one of us became provocateurs for the gospel, spurring one another on toward love and good deeds, getting past the small, gr- the small talk that you were referring mm-hmm. to, Matt? And when we meet with each other, intentionally provoke one another on towards serving Christ in our community and, mm. and in the church community as well. That's a good word, and I think that's a great place to end. Okay. So let's do that. Let's, let's do that, church. Let's, let's be people who intentionally think about who we can connect with and be creative in doing so, and let's provoke one another onwards to love and good deeds. So thanks, Graham. Thanks for taking the time to sit down today. It's been fun. Have a great week. Grace and peace. Thank you.